You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Uh, or just listen at home during, you know, stay healthy at home and quarantine and all that stuff. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Just subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. This is May 1st and tomorrow is the first Saturday in May and we will not have a Kentucky Derby. Instead, we will have two runnings, two divisions. Of the Arkansas Derby. So, I mean, there is some horse racing to be excited about if you love horse racing uh, because you have two, you know, three-year-old races uh, at Arc- at um, uh, Oakland Park in Arkansas. So, uh, so those are good betting races. I mean, if you're wanting to scratch your, your horse racing itch on normally what is Kentucky Derby Day, it won't be the same, but it's still there. Uh, but with the weather being as beautiful as it is and the Derby having so many of those rainy, nasty weather situations over the years, this worked out perfectly for Churchill Downs. Tomorrow uh, is going to be like 70 degrees, 72 degrees sunny. I mean, it was going to be a glorious Kentucky Derby day. And today, of course, would have been the Oaks and it's beautiful today. Yeah, I mean, I've had a bunch of people. We we once I especially once I stopped having to cover it for the Courier Journal, uh, we we got a box. We would go with friends like every year, um, and we had so many bad weather <laughs> situations. Yeah. Was it was it two? Was it last year? Two years ago? One of the recent ones. It was just poured rain the entire time. Like we yeah we stayed. We had rain ponchos on, and we stayed pretty much in the tunnel. Like, uh, last year was awful. Maybe it was last year. I'm trying to remember what year, but I mean, like two, three years ago, it was awful as well. Yeah. The entire day, basically, we never really even went to our seats. Um, and yeah, so now we can't have a derby and it's perfect. It's uh, it's a bummer. It is. Uh, already missed Keeneland, of course. I mean, but, uh, some good news anyway is, um, Kentucky, the University of Kentucky and President Eli Capilouto sent out a message today saying UK plans to welcome students back in August. Uh, they said we're working through all kinds of different scenarios and uh, stuff, but the plan is they're planning on it. They want to welcome students back in August. Now, whether or not we're able to, I don't know. I'm not super optimistic. It just feels like everything's being rushed too quickly and we're just going to crash and burn. I'm so afraid of all that happening, but yeah, me too. I'm all for it. If it works, obviously, I mean, I've, that's, that's great. Uh, but I mean, if students are back in August, if that's their thinking and they, you know, they're, they've talked and they believe that can happen, man, that's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of schools are, are basically saying that this is, uh, um, this is the plan like that they're, you know, all across the country and different conferences, different parts of the country. Everybody seems to be gearing up for, we're going to have in person classes on campus in the fall. Um, and, and you would think, um, you would think that they're speaking to medical 
experts, um, you know, that you wouldn't, right. you know, you wouldn't even gear up for this if it was a, a, if everybody that in the medical field felt like it was a fruitless pursuit, you know, you'd just be wasting time. You'd be setting yourself up for disaster. I mean, the one thing I would assume no one in charge, whether it be sports or school or business wants is sort of a, you know, one foot in one foot out. Like you don't want to, you don't want to start up just because you feel like you really need to start up knowing that there's a, a strong possibility. It'll all, you know, come roaring back and you'll have to shut down. Cause I think that does even more damage. Um, you know, like we're but, talking about you know, the economy, like if you start up, you start everything up and everybody gets sick again and you just have to shut it right back down. I mean, I feel like that at that point is where we implode. Well, they kind of said this though. Like um, I remember reading about a month or so ago. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but I mean, do you remember that big thread that kind of laid it all out? I don't know if you remember that, but there was somebody, one of those doctors or somebody just had this long lengthy thread that laid it all out. Like what it would look like had we done nothing, what it would look like had people just barely followed the restrictions, what it would look like. Right. If it was complete lockdown, but in there it said, looks like we should be able to reopen things again in July and August, and then maybe have to, go back to restrictions again in September, October, November, somewhere around there. So it's almost as if they kind of like, know, like they, they know that because even That's in UK's plan, yeah. Yeah. Cause UK's plans say, what if we have to go to online learning once we're back on campus and what does that transition look like? So there's still, that's still lurking out there because yeah. one of the scariest things about this is that we keep finding out now new and new studies show that once you've had it, it doesn't mean you can't get it again. Like it's not like the chicken pox or whatever. Where, right. Well, I guess yeah. if it's chicken pox later in life, you get it as uh, shingles, which apparently it, is horrific. Yeah, it is. I've known people who have had shingles. I have luckily not no. had that, but yeah, so you're not um, necessarily in the clear that yeah. way. Uh, but I mean, maybe the thinking is if you can get some classroom time in, then you, you know, you, you lay a foundation where it's maybe a little easier to do the last month or two of classes online. I don't know. Um, well, you can at gosh, least charge I, for room uh, and board. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, I guess if you, the cynical view is, you know, we gotta, we gotta get everybody's money for the semester. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm with you that I, it, it's worrisome to me. Um, but I also, you know, I'm also not a person that's like, let's just stay locked down forever. I right. think we've got to figure out a way to, you know, try to see and, and do it as safely as possible. It feels like to me, colleges are just like, you know, the way you're crammed in and dorms and classrooms, you know, difficult a breeding yeah. ground but you know but then again you know those are as people as some people have said that kind of annoy me in the to the way they say it but but the general fact is true that you know the, the younger and healthier you are the it seems like the, the better off you are against this um but i i don't really like rolling that dice either you know like those dice either saying like well they're young and they're healthy let's send them back and they'll mostly fight it off um right i don't know well, i don't know, I don't know if you saw is. sweden did you see what Sweden has done? I mean, there was an NBC report. Yeah. Um, 
uh, last week where Sweden has basically protected the vulnerable. But as far as the age groups that are least vulnerable and the population that's least like the healthier folks, yeah, Sweden doesn't have the obesity problem that America has. So that's a little different because body mass index is also uh, a vulnerability. If it's, you know, it's too high, uh, fighting for your life with that is is tough. And what we've seen with like the uh, low economic populations in this country have poor health. And because of that, they're more vulnerable. But as far as uh, protecting the most vulnerable and then allowing everyone else to go about their business for Sweden um, has not resulted in more infections uh, than what we have with the restrictions we've done, like per capita. So uh, and one of the doctors there, the leading doctors there that said their whole strategy was uh, building up the immune system. Uh, and being exposed to it and just getting it over with and uh, for healthy people. Um, like he, his, his whole thing was the more like you, if, if you grow up and you, you stay inside your whole life uh, or most of your time, then you're probably going to be allergic to a lot of stuff outside because your body right. hasn't been exposed to it and learned to, to build up a, a response to it. And so for the, yeah, for the young and healthy, you know, the, I don't know, I would say under 40 crowd, or if you're really healthy, under 50 crowd and under 60, um, they're probably, you know, or, or they have been okay in Sweden for the most part. Yeah. So yeah, that's something that's, that's an that we may case, consider yeah. as well. I don't know. Yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I do know that, uh, you know, I, I don't think we could even really reasonably talk about, you know, football in the fall. And if we're just zooming back in on sports. Uh, or any fall sports um, without students at universities. You know, I, right. I, I think that's a yeah. non-starter. So if we're looking towards is football going to be played, um, schools gearing up and planning to be you know, on campus is a path to that. You know, it gives you it at least yeah. gives you a fighting chance to at least start gearing up for it. I mean, it may be one of those deals like we just were saying. Like it might be a deal where you know a football team comes back in July or. August and starts training and you, you know, maybe even get a couple weeks into the season and then there's a second wave. And then what do you do? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, that's my thought too. I don't know, but get off to like a three and oh, four and oh start. And then, yeah. but I'll be honest, a month off. you know, I don't want anybody like, I don't want anybody to die <laughs> for sure. Right. But like in terms of just like, would it be worse to have no season or to have play three games and have that se- and have the season get wiped out? I'll take three football games. Yeah. <laughs> three weeks of football games right now. Any hopefully, football. hopefully it doesn't put anybody in jeopardy in the process, I, you know, but yeah, I don't, I think that whether or not they play with fans, all that is up in the air, but there's no way they play football or any fall sports. If, if schools are not in session. So this is, this is at least a step in that direction. Right. We'll talk basketball because, uh, you know, Kentucky's still searching for a big man and it's a uh, new development every day, it seems. Yeah, we'll talk about that coming up and also Kyle's article, uh, his exit interview with Emmanuel Quickly when we return on Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. We're back here on Locked on Kentucky and big news on Friday. Uh, something we had been hearing about, speculation since Danny Manning, the head coach at Wake Forest, got fired, was that uh, the Demon Deacons' seven-foot junior, 
Olivier Saar would possibly transfer. And he announced today, told ESPN that he is entering the transfer portal and that he will apply for immediate eligibility based on the fact that he had a coach that was fired. Uh, He averaged about 14 points, nine rebounds, 1.2 blocks per game last season. He had 25 points in that win over Duke when Wake Forest beat the Blue Devils back in February. Now, he also said that he will talk to Wake Forest's new coach, Steve Steve Forbes, and at least give him a chance uh, to talk him into staying or, or lay out the plan. I can't imagine that Forbes would say, yeah, we don't need a seven-foot junior uh, to help us in my first year. So there's a possibility he could, he could stick around there. But uh, Kentucky has put on the full-court press fan-wise on social media since Danny Manning's firing was announced. And he said, uh, Sar did, he told Jeff Borzello at ESPN uh, that once Danny Manning was fired, that the, like his social media pages just lit up. And he said, I've never experienced anything like that. It was crazy. It was funny and all that, but it got to a point where it was a little bit too much, he said. And some Wake fans replied, and he loved the loyalty from the Deacon fans. He loves them and appreciated what they did for him for three years. But Kentucky fans are really eager and thirsty for players. <laughs> thirsty is really funny. I wonder if he had yeah. some women sliding in his DMs. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he did. Oh, man, that's, uh, that is funny. I, you know, I, I think sometimes the overzealous portion of the Kentucky fan base, the vocal minority, uh, does yeah. more harm than good, you, you know, both in negative things tweeted and also the like, I, I just think you shouldn't tweet at recruits, you know, like, please come here, like all that stuff. I just, please don't do that. <laughs> it's, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're a grown up. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're 14, fine. If you're 35 and you're tweeting at a college kid, like, you know, and it's funny too, cause I've seen some like where it's like, come here. You know, uh, there was uh, a couple with Matt Harms. It was like when it first came out, he was transferring. Like, you'll be a top 10 pick here, which no, he wouldn't be. <laughs> he won't be a top 10 pick anywhere. And then the same guy, somebody quote tweeted him or, or screen grabbed him. The same guy later after he picked BYU was like, you're never going to amount to anything. You sucked anyway. We didn't want you anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, yep, yep, yep. you know, just don't do that. But, but I under, I, but I do, the part I do understand is Kentucky fans being quote unquote thirsty uh, for a guy like this. Cause to me, um, you know, and somebody said to me, Oh, it's always the, the, whoever's available is always could be, a, you know, you say it could really be a game changer for Kentucky. Um, I mean, we're talking about whoever is best available, uh, you know, harms, you know, at the time he was available was the best available. Uh, and he, had, right. he was a shot blocker. He you know, wasn't perfect, a perfect prospect for Kentucky, but he's got 200 career blocks and they need some rim protection. They have no big men. Uh, yeah, he would have helped them. He would have improved their outlook. Uh, then the VCU kid that Kentucky didn't end up even really reaching out to, uh, who transferred, ended up transferring to Texas tech, uh, is a wide body guy who was great on the glass and had done really well against high level teams. Yeah. Uh, he, at the time he, uh, declared he was the best available and the best available big man uh, uh, would help Kentucky. And now this guy has become available. And I would say he's probably the actual best, you know, 
you know, unless somebody else comes out and enters the, enters the portal. But as it stands, of all the guys who've declared to this point, and now including him, maybe the best option because this is a guy who in the ACC averaged fourteen and nine, and where Harms, you know, was a shot blocker but wasn't a great rebounder and, and offensively wanted to float away from the basket. This is a true post player, a seven foot, two hundred and fifty pound guy. Excuse me. 250-pound guy who averaged 14 and 9 in the ACC. Uh, and he had some crazy uh, productive games against really good teams in the ACC and beyond. Um, yeah, he, he had, had 30 and 17 against Notre Dame. He had 30 and 17 against Notre Dame. Uh, he had uh, – I'm trying to find it now. Uh, 11 double-doubles overall. Uh, third team all ACC. Uh, Jeff Borzello says he, he was one of the best defensive rebounders in the league. Yeah, he had so he had uh, I had tweeted it out. I couldn't find the tweet. He had twenty one and thirteen against Arizona, twenty five five three assists and two blocks against Duke, thirty and seventeen against Notre Dame, and then twenty and thirteen against Pitt in the ACC tournament. He had nine games against ACC opponents where he had at least ten uh, rebounds. When you go through his game by games, he's got. 16, 17, 15, 14 rebound games. Um, that, well, that's like, not a guy it, playing it, out on the perimeter. Like, right. Uh, In the ACC. Jokic I mean, or, yeah. I mean, you know, people love Nick Richards and what he gave him this year, and he was a seven rebound a game guy. You know, seven yeah. and a half rebound a game guy. This is a nine or 10 or 12 or 15 uh, rebound guy. And it's not, he's not coming from the Mac. He's not, you know, this isn't like, Will he translate it tonight? He came from the ACC. He did it against Duke, a team that had, you know, the ACC freshman of the year, um, Vernon Carey, a guy who's going to be a lottery pick probably. Yeah. Uh, or first round pick. Um, he did it against good competition. I think of all the options, if, if, and I have no idea, I have no idea if Kentucky's even reached out to this guy. I assume they certainly, I would they certainly said, assume they would. Yep. Yeah. Borzello reported that they had. That okay. Kentucky had reached out to him. Well, I mean that you know, I I don't Makes know if sense. this connection if this connection uh, is of any value at this point. But I would tell you that Joel Justice, his father was the sports information director at Wake Forest for twenty years more, thirty mm-hmm. years. I don't know. Uh, that's where Joel is from. Um, you know, Cal Perry has some kind of relationship with Danny Manning. I'm not sure what the status of that relationship is right now. Um, so there may be some avenues, you know, to, to reach out right. uh, to him. But to me, when you, when you look at it in terms of what Kentucky actually needs, like they needed any big body. So Matt Harms would have been great because he's a seven foot three guy who's long and block shots that would have had, there's, there's just no, no arguing to go from not having enough big men to having one who started in the big 10 and played well would have helped them. Uh, but in terms of like, if you want to specifically fill out your, their needs, they need a rebounder. They need a veteran yeah. guy who is, has some size to him and a 250 pound, seven footer has some size to him, who is a proven high level rebounder against high level competition. And a dude averaging nine rebounds a game in the ACC may be the best fit of all of the, of the things they could do. And so if they add him and they go get um, Frank Anselm, you know, the sort of the more project type, long range project who's, you know, bouncier, more athletic, maybe a little longer. Um, now you've got like a perfect situation. You've got a guy you yeah. can develop, 
and maybe comes in and bursts and blocks some shots and stuff and, and pl- maybe plays with Isaiah, you know, he and Isaiah Jackson are your long, bouncy freshmen. But you've got a guy you know. I think the thing that they really just – that could really bite them if they don't get a guy like this, the thing they do not do not have is knowing we're going to put this guy in and he's going to get – on his worst day, he's going to get seven rebounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. on his best day, he might get 14. Um, there's not anybody on the roster right now that I think that that is true of. Now that you mentioned Anselm and he announced that he is down to six, he put his list of six out there. I don't know why six is the popular number, but it just seems to be Arkansas, Kentucky, San Diego state, Seton hall, Syracuse, WKU, which Hmm. I mean, just do not discount Rick Stansberry. Do not, do not never count him out. Him. I mean, he the is smart money is on, Zion on Stansberry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then so that's and Anselm is twenty twenty, uh, but this Musa Cisse, who's like a top ten player in the twenty twenty one class, he's six foot ten. He lives in Memphis. Uh, he has cut his list to six: Kentucky, LSU. Georgia, uh, Florida State, uh, Georgetown, and then, of course, Memphis. Uh, Now, he has said uh, that he is looking at reclassifying to 2020. Like, it looks like he could. He was at, Musa Cisse was at Big Blue Madness, and then he came back and visited again in, I think, November and December. So he has been on UK's campus three times. So he was a guy, but... It, it looks like whatever the reporting right now is from recruiting sites or who have talked to him recently say that it looks like the buzz is more like LSU, Florida state, Memphis, and less Kentucky, but Kentucky has a big need in 2020. This guy reclassifies. You got a guy who's top eight in the um, 2021 class. I mean, you get SAR and CSA. You know, that that could be pretty big as well. Sorry, and see say. Uh I don't think they're gonna get I don't <laughs> think they're gonna get him. I know he's a guy they're pursuing. I just I get the 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 vibe that he's a guy who's gonna like he feels like a Memphis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, a Memphis guy. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but uh I'm skeptical on Cisse. We'll see. Well, my favorite part, uh and the biggest reason I would want to see Olivier Saar on campus is that he's from Toulouse, France, which I just think is the coolest thing ever. Yeah. You know, so it's definitely Toulouse, Olivier France. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's definitely awesome. Olivier. Yeah. Uh, we gotta, we gotta take a pause, right? Yeah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, discuss your article, your exit interview with Emmanuel quickly. And some of the highlights of that when we return here on locked on Kentucky, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner. While you're eating lunch, I love food and that's why I love using Postmates, but I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. What's going on in the world right now, that's why Postmates created non-contact delivery. So when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates pickup, which I have been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. And we need to be supporting neighborhood spots right now. And that's what I've been doing, ordering just local because it's a great way to support my community. Postmates doesn't just deliver 
burgers and sushi, they actually make it easier by picking up everything from Walgreens, convenience stores, whatever, and dropping it off right outside my door. All you got to do is download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, get anything you want delivered within the hour. And check this out. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners a hundred bucks of free delivery credit for your first seven days. So to start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code locked on. That's code locked on for a hundred dollars of free delivery credit for your first seven days. When you download the Postmates app, anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. This is locked on Kentucky. Your team every day. Okay, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky. And Kyle, you spoke, you, you did a great story this season on Emmanuel Quickly, just kind of documenting how his father had never seen him play uh, in person, uh, how religious he is, and how his faith, how important his faith became in his life uh, going into his sophomore season. Um, and so you, you've been able, you, you actually went to the church and attended a service. So you've been able to get to know him pretty well. And now you were able to talk to him for an exit interview and about his decision to go ahead and jump to the NBA. Yeah, it was interesting. You know, several interesting little nuggets from that exit interview. You know, the first one being, you know, or, or one of the first questions I asked him was, you know, where did you actually come close to staying and, you know, um, when did you kind of decide? And he basically, he, I, it was a little surprising to me. He said basically the last time he thought he was coming back was before the season. But once the season really got started and he started to play well, he kind of knew I'm going to go. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, and, and then kind of tied to that, though, uh, I asked him about this new stuff that's coming with name, image, likeness, where soon players are going to be able to sign endorsement deals and get paid for their autographs and things like that while they're in school. And I said, if that was happening, if that was in place now and you were coming off SEC player of the year where, you know, he's a, he's kind of a perfect example because uh, he was a big recruit, but then he didn't play a lot as a freshman. And so he was under the radar coming into this season. His signature may not have been worth much as his endorsement uh, deals wouldn't have been very big probably. Um, yeah. but then he is a surprise winner of sec player of the year kind of sneaks up in the back half of the season. You know, if this was in place for you now, you're, you have a chance to capitalize on that going into next season. You know, you could spend the, if we weren't in a pandemic, you could spend the summer signing autographs and doing whatever. And would that have changed things for you? And he basically said, absolutely. It would have, you know, he said, I can't say, you know, can't sit here and tell you for sure. Yes or no. But like, did it, yes or no, I would have come back or not if this was there. But I can tell you, it would have made me think twice. Um, yeah. And, and and he had already said basically he, had, he didn't think twice really when it came down to it. Um, but you know, he said part of the reason people go to the NBA early is because you're thinking I need to take care of my family. You know, if there's a way I could do that and and you know come back and work on my game, sure. You know, I would consider that. So I think that uh, that's the kind of thing that may you know, in a couple of years, start to help Kentucky with this retention problem, you know, with, mm -hmm. with these guys who, you know, so many of the guys that come to Kentucky, they've been identified by recruiting services, but also by people in their lives, family members, or, you know, sort of opportunists who latch onto them. 
as top prospects. I mean, Kentucky's getting guys that were almost always from day one in their life considered star players. And mm-hmm. so that expectation has been on them for years in their life that somewhere soon down the road, you're going to be the breadwinner of this whole order, this whole organization, this whole family, this whole enterprise mm-hmm. of people that are around you, your whole, your, your circle as it were. Um, and so they come and then you go to a program like Kentucky where everybody's in and out in one or two years and off to make their money in the NBA. And that's in your mind. That's your expectation. And so, you know, when it gets down to year, when it gets to year two, everybody's like, Hey man, we got, we can't keep waiting. We got to get some of that money we thought we were going to get. Yeah. Um, and so they go take what they can get, you know, they're taking these, you know, you know, Isaiah Briscoe goes and takes a contract in, uh, not Istanbul, I forgot now, uh, Estonia, uh, yeah. you know, and, you know, Germany and Australia and the G league and wherever, and just hope I got to start, I got to start the clock getting paid to play basketball. Well, if you're, if you know, if you can come back and, you know, every year that every bit that you get better, every year that you're at Kentucky, the more fans get to know you, you can make a little more money and a little more money. And, you know, uh, and if you blow up one year, you might make a lot of money without risking everything to go play as a pro when you're not ready to be a pro, it could, it could change some guys' minds potentially. I, I don't know for sure that it will, but I thought that part, I thought that part was probably the, the most interesting thing. And then at the very end, I just as a kind of last parting shot, I said, you know, do you think your dad's going to come see you play in the NBA? And he said, I hope so. I would like to think so. But if not, uh, I'm okay with that. And he said they had, they got together right after the season ended and he said, called it a really cool moment where his dad basically told him he was really proud of him and, and that it, he had a great year, um, yeah. you know, and keep at it. So that was cool. Uh, that part was cool. One thing that totally unrelated to Emmanuel quickly, but uh, related to what we were talking about in the first segment about worrying about reopening things too soon. I yeah. just saw the Atlanta journal constitution says that the state of Georgia has verified 1000 new COVID-19 cases in 24 hours. Oh my goodness. And that if, if you're not familiar, Georgia has been the most aggressive, uh, uh, and ahead of everyone else in uh, opening things back up, bowling alleys, hair places, movie theaters, yeah. like everything. They were late on restrictions, and then yeah. they're early to reopen. <laughs> yeah, uh, thousand in twenty four hours is a lot. My favorite Georgia uh, thing that they did is that they uh, are not requiring um, new drivers like teenagers. Oh yeah, to take a test, test. just get parental approval. Right, just get your parents' (laughs) Uh, approval. Yeah, they're good. uh, Um, It seems, truly seems like a terrible, terrible idea. (laughs) But what do I know? I'm not the I'm not the brilliant governor of Georgia. Oh no, I I know some folks who live in Georgia, and they they're not pleased with it either. Cringing, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh gosh, just are we trying to be the worst ever? I think somebody said Georgia's trying its hardest to be Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Georgia man. It's going to become the new headline. Oh, uh, well, I live down there too. And I can tell you that Georgia folks in Georgia, cause I lived on the border of Alabama and you're talking just across the Chattahoochee river that the, the Georgia folks thought so much more of themselves. Like yeah. There was just something Southern, about and southern, frankly, southern Georgia is is Florida. It, 
I mean, it's, <laughs> right. it is absolutely Florida. <laughs> All you got to do is go to the go to the cocktail party and see where some of those uh, folks. Uh, in oh, yeah. in the in between, come together, and it's it's all the same place, right? But but there was just this feeling of you know being from Georgia was so much better than than being from Alabama, you know. So that anyway, well we'll, we'll end with that. But as we're talking about Alabama and Georgia and Florida, you Kyle put together an SEC basketball preview for next season. Went over every team in the league, uh, and that's a Great topic for discussion for Monday's Locked on Kentucky. So that's where we'll pick this up on Monday. We'll talk about, uh, get into the the Southeastern Conference 2020-21 college basketball season. And we'll do that on Monday. But until then, have a great weekend. Follow us on Twitter. My handle is at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore S-E-O. Crap. A-T-H. <laughs> underscore A-T-H. So many, Last episode, had, I couldn't do it. This episode, you couldn't do it. I've been to Kyle Tucker underscore. I have, in the last nine years, I've I've been Kyle Tucker underscore VP because I was at the Virginian Pilot in Virginia, then underscore oh, yeah. CJ at the Courier Journal, then underscore SEC at the SEC. I should have just made my name Kyle Tucker. You, you know, at, least yeah. you've had, at least you're just D-Reefer no matter who you work for. Right. That's what I joined up. That's what I went with. And yeah, I was fortunate enough that no one else had D reefer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Right. All right. And in the meantime, tell your smart device to play the latest episode of locked on NFL draft. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.